604. You're listening to Gwen and Chris, Tony Gwen Jr., Chris L.O. Uh, we will soon have our lucky guest, Gabby DeMarco. Don't know if you guys saw this last night, but uh, <laughs> foul ball hit at Peckle Park in a blowout game. With one phone in the other hand, a beer in the other, yep. she catches the foul ball in her beer. In the beer. And now, you know, a lot of guys would have been irritated that a ball landed in their nice fresh beer. She played it off fantastic, stood up, took it in, and then she played beer pong and basically chugged the beer down. Chugged the beer down. And she's become, as you said, an a, a, internet a, sensation. <laughs> I'm surprised she's not, like, lining up to be on Jimmy Kimmel or something tonight. It's on her She way. might I mean, be. She went from, like, 600 followers on Instagram to, like, over 5,000 overnight. Like that. Yeah. And then on, the, I don't know if anybody saw this, and hopefully for you out there, you didn't see this, but Jim Russell, as I did the three up, three down recap of the Padre game last night, I chugged my iced tea oh. to try and try and give people a feel for what the game was like. I spilled it all over my, it was a Is disaster. that why you didn't want people to see Because you spilled it over It yourself? was a disaster. Oh, okay. It was okay. a complete, utter disaster. Uh, Jim Russell tweeted it all out on, and it's on our Twitter page uh, at ninety seven three the fan SD. So, if you get tired of watching Gabby, and you shouldn't ever get tired of watching Gabby, but uh, you can check me out I'm trying to chug my iced tea. Nine seven three the fan SD com. Oh look at you, you making sure that it. you got the, the get the address right to everybody. You can go find him chugging iced tea and spilling it all over himself. It, it didn't work out as well as I had hoped. First time originally you, intended. First time you ever drank something? Yeah. No, or chugged or you got a I hole? guess like that. Okay. It didn't work. I don't know what happened. I gave it my best shot. But leave, leave it to leave it to the gold the guy who whose team is up 2-0 to put you out on blast I like that. I should have got I should have got some tips from Gabby. And uh, I think we got Gabby on the line, Gabby DeMarco, the uh, the new internet sensation. How are you today, Gabby? Hello? Scraby, you said that you had her online, man. Come on, man. Get it together. You guys hear me? <laughs> oh, there she is. I can hear her. Gabby, can you hear us? I can hear you guys. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Awesome. How are you doing Hi. today? I'm freaking amazing. This is unreal. <laughs> I bet you. I bet you are. I bet like, you are. You've got. How has so your crazy. life changed in 24 hours since catching a foul ball? Foul ball with that beer. I mean, they say 15 seconds of fame. It's totally like changed my life. It's crazy. I've gotten all of these followers. I have all these interviews. It's it's insane. Just because a ball landed in my cup and I checked it. It's crazy. <laughs> you know something, Gabby? I don't think it's just because the ball landed in your cup. I thought I think it's all because of the way you reacted to it. You were you were very, 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 very you know, very smart, sincere. You you played to the to the Thank to you. the crowd. And uh, and I, I, I think I that's why the... everybody loved it. Yeah, that was incredible. I think um, the inner actress in me came out for sure. <laughs> So. Let's let's break this let's break this foul ball down. So the, the foul ball comes first of all, you're sitting what, three three decks up? You're in third row? Yes. Third deck, I should yep, say. I was so up the, there. The, the, was there any panic in you at all when that ball is coming up there? So I heard it and I was like, Okay, I might get hit in the head right now. Like I I was just like, All right, <laughs> let me wait for the pain here and and then I it like bounced off the seat behind me and just landed right in my cup. And I just was looking at it, and I just couldn't believe my eyes. Like, I was shocked at first. And then everyone started cheering. They're like, chug, chug, 
chug. And I was like, I'm going to freaking chug this beer, of course. Like, I have to, you know? I'm glad oh, you my did. Goodness. We're all glad you did. You become famous. <laughs> I, I know you're, it's crazy. you said you did, you've done a lot of interviews. Has there been people like, even like other places from San Diego asking to interview you today? Um, well, there's been, I mean, like TMZ asked if they could like make a post about me, ABC, like New York post. It's, it's crazy. So I've done like a few local interviews, but it's, you know, it's all over the news. It's crazy. And I got, um, I got a direct message from someone in Brazil, I guess it's trending over there. It's just like worldwide. It's crazy. Wow. That's crazy. Let me ask you this. If, when 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 you get the call from TMZ, did your heart stop? Because usually somebody gets a call from TMZ, you're not thinking good things. Were you were you aware that this is probably what they're talking about? <laughs> well, I'm actually not sure what they're posting. They just asked for like a permission to use my photo stuff. So who knows? Like that is actually very worrisome, but we'll see. <laughs> do you, do you have any secret I mean, relationships of... with it? Do you have any super relationships with any celebrities that they might that they might uncover oh, that you want to? Absolutely wanna... not. No. Okay. Good. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. No, no. We, we don't want you to get in trouble on TMZ. That's all. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows what they're going to post? Because I I'm just an innocent girl at a freaking baseball game where a ball just landed in my cup, and of course I had to chug it because how could I say no? Everyone's cheering me on. I was like, all right, I got to do this. Like. Buckle up. So, what, Gabby, what kind of beer was it? It was a Sculpin. So it's IPA. It's freaking gnarly. <laughs> and you're and you're. Are you from San Diego? Do you grow up here? Um, I'm from the East Coast originally, but I've lived out here for like ten years. So. Okay. You didn't go to you didn't go to San Diego State, did you? I actually went to Idlewild Arts Academy, so I was up in the mountains. <laughs> Well, we have the video of uh, Gabby uh, from her friend that the, her friend took on our website and Facebook. And I, I know it, it's over like a million views or something like that, Gabby. Yeah, I guess there's like there's a million views on all of these videos that are posted on like all of these different uh, social media things. It's crazy. Well, enjoy your 15. You said 15 seconds of fame. It's, it's going to be like it's a 15 week of- <laughs> minutes of fame is the, and you're going to get about 15 days of fame. Apparently, maybe even a little bit more than Probably. that. Probably. Hey, Who Gabby, knows? <laughs> congratulations on becoming an internet sensation overnight. Wish you all the best. Have a lot of fun with it. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on with us today. That's uh, Gabby DeMarco. That's pretty cool, right? It was pretty crazy. I mean, you just buy a you buy buy a cheap ticket. You go to a Padre game, and she wasn't. And and as and and as many, uh, wait a second, don't say this, Chris. Hang on. <laughs> as some women tend to do when they're at a ball game, they were busy talking with somebody else and didn't see the ball coming at them. Right. Okay, right. Did I say that she, she, politically she, correctly she enough? Said I hope. I, when I asked her if she was prepared for it, she said, "I heard it." Right. <laughs> didn't she, see it. I heard it. Yeah. And then it ricocheted off another seat. And landed in my cup. Yeah, a seat, a seat behind her, mind you. Yeah. So that's uh, awesome. fortunately, she she wasn't hurt. She actually caught it in her cup and took it like a champ. I mean, and a sculpin. That, that is move. that is impressive that she could chug a sculpin. Is, is that is, is that good? Is that good? Is that that's better? Yeah. So she's a legend then. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Definitely a legend. <laughs> well, if you haven't seen the video of this, you're. You're in the minority because everybody else has seen it. If not, go to our uh, Facebook page at 97.3 The Fan SD, the Facebook.com 
and check out the video of Gabby and her amazing play in the stands last night at the Padres-Braves game, which made an otherwise forgettable night somewhat memorable. Yeah, it was a tough. It was definitely a tough night for for the Padres. Yeah, here's here's what Ga- here's how impressive Gabby's chugging of the beer was. We have talked now to her for ten minutes. We've talked about last night. I haven't even asked you yet about Fran Mil Reyes's home run last night. Ooh, at the man. end of that game, was that like one of the most incredible home runs you have ever seen? I mean, I know it made it to score fourteen to one, but I think but that I think that that's why it got lost in the shuffle, right? Got totally lost. It was Four- one of the longest home runs I've ever seen hit in any ballpark. Was it you and I talking about that he hadn't really shown you his full power yet? Yeah, that, that you was said it. That was close to it. If it's not maxed out right there, I mean, a ball going over both. The, uh, both bullpens. Right. This ball landed pretty much into the where where the walkway is. I mean, behind uh, yeah, where is it? Padres in the at the park. Park at the at park. Park at the park. Yeah. Ball landed in that area over oh, there. It was, uns- it it was, was unbelievable. And then they said it was like 433 feet. This I'm is like, why I can't give those on. the stat cast any love at all. There's no way that was 500 feet. They were, at they, least they've been trying to tell me that Carl, that John Carlos Stanton hasn't been hitting 500 foot homers for the last two years. All of them have been under that. There's yeah. no way. There's yeah. no way. I, I totally agree with you. That that shot by Fran Mil Reyes is as long as any home run I've ever seen. And it wasn't even the longest home run in baseball last night. No. Because they had Cargo hitting one 473 feet in Cincinnati that went over the stands in Cincinnati. So that's quite a poke. But I think getting it out of Petco Park is a lot further than the Great American Ballpark. The ball travels really well in Great American Ballpark. And I yeah. will say this. In both cases, in both of these home runs, I haven't seen a ball go, with the exception of John Carlo in the home run derby. It's the only time I've seen it hit in that direction. Yeah. But those have got to be the two farthest game time homers I've seen this year. I know Statcast is telling us differently, but based off the eye test, it's it's tough. It's tough to believe that. Fran Mill Reyes. When everybody, when anybody asks me from now on, what's the longest home run you've ever seen at Petco Park? That's my answer for yep. now. Yep. Until somebody can beat that. All right, uh, thanks to Gabby DeMarco for joining us. Thanks to Scraby for getting a guest. Way to go, Scraby! Yeah, boy, Scraby. Man, you're awesome. You're Scraby's just fantastic. You're, you're out of the book again. You're, you're not yes. in the book. We erased you. Did you guys did you, uh, see the score of the game? Ha ha! LeBron, the LeBrons are LeBron's up 12 winning. to 4 on the Golden State Warriors. Yep, you're shaking in your boots. <laughs> uh, we'll come back to uh, Alesmith uh, Brewing Company in uh, right off Miramar Road here in Mira Mesa in just a moment. We're here till 7 o'clock. Hope you'll stop by. There's still uh, some stuff for us to give away for you to get. What a great crowd. Look, at, I haven't looked up enough to really see how many people are out there. It's tremendous. There's a, there's so a lot nice. of people. And now this is just outside. Yeah, we're just outside having a great time, and there's so many people. We really appreciate Thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody for coming out today. You guys are awesome. And we'll be back with more. I'm Chris Ello. I'm Tony Gwynn, Jr. Gwynn and Chris. San Diego's only FM sports station, 97.3 The Fan. 619. It's the last hour of the Gwynn and Chris show. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ello, and I got it real quick before you introduce our guest. I wait, gotta, wait, before I, we get into that. No, before I got to get into this. I get to go first. All right, go ahead. Go no. ahead. Go ahead. Golden State just had to scramble for a timeout because Cleveland's winning 14 to 4, and I know it's not going to hold up, but I'm getting it in while I can. I right, get it in while you can. By the way, I just saw LeBron James do something amazing again. What did he do? I didn't he see it. He picked up his dribble at about a little bit past the free throw line. 
Right. Throws the ball off the backboard. Oh, yeah. Catches it. it and dunks it. Now, yeah. it's been done before. I doubt it's been done in the finals before. Kobe used to do that. Kobe used to do it all the time. Kobe is, was, the, was the master at it. Yeah, he had kind of invented that move. But By the uh, way, I don't like how his name is getting lost in all this greatest talk. It kind of, kind of bothers me a little bit. It's not. You know, somebody tweeted out uh, something the other day that I thought was really, really good. Uh, it just said, stop the arguing. And it had a picture of Jordan, and it said 1990s. It had a picture of Kobe, 2000s. 2000s. And it had a picture of LeBron, 2010s. I like it. And that's fair. Give them all. They're all I think, belong in there. I think Kobe said it best. Why? Let's stop arguing and just enjoy yeah. what we're getting to see from LeBron James. I mean, these guys come along. It seems like once every 10 years you get a guy like this, and then they take over the league. Yeah. Just enjoy it. He doesn't have to be better or worse than anybody. He just can be what he is. And some lady's taking a picture of me with an L.A. Dodger phone, which I appreciate the picture, by the way. But the L.A. logo is throwing me for. Uh, it's my wife. Sorry. No, it's not my wife. <laughs> so, it's, it's my wife. Oh, it's your wife. Let, let, She's a Dodger fan. So let's hey, let's I, speak I, it. Let's let's introduce our guest. Introduce our guest. Peter Zion is the owner of L. Smith Brewing Company. He's the 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 brain trust behind all of this. Him and his beautiful oh, wife Vicky are both uh are both the owners here and. Welcome to the show, Pete. Hey, thanks for having me. No and, problem. Uh, Thank yeah. you for having us. Well, I think it's more. And now you know our dirty secret. We uh, we, <laughs> we we hid all the Dodger stuff in her office for three months when we first met Tony and Alicia. That's so funny. <laughs> hey, you got to. Hey. Did you grow up in L.A.? Well, you got it. Yeah, that's yeah. it's understandable. She's a she's a real Dodger fan. Yeah, too. and and you know what? My hat's fan. off to you. You're, you're as long as you're a real fan of whatever team it is, even if I'm not a fan of that team, I commend you. Because you guys stick with your team, right? So, so Pete, them. Peter, ex- tell everybody uh, how we got to this point. I mean, we're sitting in this big palace of a well, brewery. Yeah. Uh, it didn't start this way. No, and I barely remember how we got from there to here. <laughs> but you know, we're a we're a 23 year company. We started in 3,200 square feet in a little warehouse, trying to make great beer. Uh, staff of you know three four people for many years, and now you're in our 109,000 square foot facility took a long time. We yeah. were in the red many, many years. Uh, uh, and then things got a lot better, 2008, 2009, and uh, got a street name change. You can find us here at Yale Smith Court right off of Miramar I was going to ask you about that. How do you yeah. go about doing that? Well, it helps not having neighbors. Right? <laughs> so, just went, did you just take the sign down yourself and put your own? No, you know, strangely, we went to the city website, and there's actually a form you can fill out. If you want a Chris Street, go for it. No, at I'm your good. House. Okay. I'm good. Um, and I'm so, good yeah, we got so. that. But, you know, it, it was a way for us to show that uh, we're, we're proud of the city we're from, and the city granted it to us because... They love that we're here, and we're now one of 150 breweries in San Diego, but we were one of the first. Is San Diego really, uh, for those of us that maybe don't follow brewing you know, for, and don't know the inside, San Diego is really a hotbed for this, is it not? It, brewing? it, it really and, is. And the, uh, for many years, it was Seattle and Portland. Uh, we're, we're honored to be mentioned in the same breath, but you know, people start noticing us because at the big contests like the Great American Beer Festival and the World Beer Cup, San Diego was pulling more of its share of medals. We were getting more medals locally here with the breweries than states were getting. So we kind of got on the map. Uh, places like Pizza Port and Alesmith and, and Ballast and Coronado uh, started really making a name for San Diego. And now, you know, we're, we're mentioned with, as a top craft brew city. Yeah. Now, you guys... You and my dad collaborated to make the 394. Tell people a little bit about how that came about and, and how it got to be one of the best beers out here. Sure. I mean, certainly the high honor of my brewing career was to brew a beer with your father. And uh, 
you know, uh, an attorney reached out that represented your parents back in uh, 2014. And uh, two days later, I'm sitting in your living room bringing four different beers here and sampling the legend of your father uh, to our beers. And, you know, admittedly, he, he was drinking, you know, some of that big, big mass-produced stuff. But he, right. was, he was real interested to find out what, what this whole craft beer thing is. He had a really refined palate. You know, he, he sent us back to work three different times to make the beer the way mm-hmm. he wanted. You think, wait a minute. Tony Gwynn wanted perfection? Yeah, well, believe it or believe not. It. Yeah. I, I don't believe and it. And so I think what a lot of people don't know is that Tony actually had a hand in making this beer. It's not a tribute beer. And I, and I remember very clearly saying to Tony, hey, with all due respect, this can't be a gimmick. I have fans. People expect a lot from Alesmith. He said, why, why do you think you're in my living room? You know, we, 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 <laughs> right. we, we called you. So together, um, I think the best part of this whole thing, though, has to be that I feel like we've created family here. Yeah. The Gwyns, Alesmith, the Zions are tight. And uh, I, to me, that's the best part of the whole relationship. How did Tony Jr. do on his beer? And, and how did, Great, what, what did know? he ask for? What, was the, what were some of her, his particulars? Well, you know, I'm I, curious. I couldn't help notice that he was pretty interested in the process when, when his father was making a beer. So, you know, we started talking. Uh, we sent him to do some homework. Tell us what you like. Go out and try a bunch of other beers. By the way, by the way, the homework was awesome. I just, got to, yeah. I just got to drink assignment, beer, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> I just got to drink different IPAs. Buy every beer you can find uh, for a Super Bowl party and have all your friends over. Probably one of the few yeah. homework assignments that I really took that joy in and yeah. like, really exactly. focused on. I think I started to see. Something that you were qualified yeah. for being a San Diego State grad, though, <laughs> I will right? must add. Training, training there. Yes. But I, I, I noticed that uh, there is a similarity between being a, a perfectionist and trying to be a better hitter, watching yourself on tape, and the attention to detail. And brewing is all about attention to detail. You miss a temperature. You miss a time where uh, something needs to be racked. And the beer isn't going to come out the same. So I think that appealed to Tony's uh, baseball mind. And we, we made a really nice beer. I'm drinking it right now. It, it's more of a session beer, which means lower alcohol. You can have a few of them. And, but don't think you're not going to get a big hop character in this beer. It's got a nice bitterness to it, and it has a real floral, tropical fruit aftertaste, and that's all from the hops. You know, you know Peter was talking about uh, having to watch the temperature. We had to brew this like four different times at least, come back. And, and it's in between trying to do the Padre games because this is a, it's a whole day. It's an all-day thing. So when I commit it, it was usually on a day off where I didn't have to do anything. So I'd come in here, and that temperature thing, it's tough, man. Yeah. I mean, you turn your head, you start talking for a little bit. All of a sudden, the temperature's way too high, and now you've cooked your beer, and it's not going to taste anything like you want it to taste. Yeah. And, and that was kind of the much like you know when you go to go to the batting cage and you hit a ball, and, it, and it, to the naked eye, it seems like oh, okay, you hit that good. But you and you in your mind, you know, you know, okay, it went into I kind of pulled off on that a little bit. So you redo the swing. You keep taking the swing until you get it right. Very much like the brewing process, at least to be at the beginning stages. Where, where do you think the, the craft brewing business goes from here? I mean, well, I mean it's come a, a long way in the last couple of decades. Where, where, where are you guys going to go? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I'm real bullish on this, obviously. I'm, I'm, I bet the farm on this place. And uh, I really think people don't go back to drinking mass-produced beer after they've tried this. And so, yeah. you know, Alesmith was built by home brewers and beer judges. It's all about the quality. And I think there's always market for quality. And um, it's not about the money. And I can prove that. We were in the red 13 straight years. So it really is about making great beer, and we're, we're just privileged to be the, the brewers that make 
There are there San Diego are, Pale Ale, three ninety four, and Tony Gwynn Jr.'s. There are IPA. very few people that are willing to be in the red in any business for yeah. thirteen years <laughs> and get to this point. I really had my last dime on the table in '08, and uh, it was almost like God heard my prayers to. Make people drink better beer and, and more of it. And, uh, and we broke even that year. Seems and, to be working. Yeah, and we Seems haven't looked to be back. Look at this crowd out here, and this is, this is not just for me. I no. get that. Uh, <laughs> I get the fact that this is a whole <laughs> alehouse thing here. Well, I love our customers. They, 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 un- they, understand, they understand great beer, and uh, we're you know, just super lucky. We're, we're a humble brewery. We, we don't mind. You, know, you don't have to apologize for wanting to be the best, but we're a humble brewery, and... Uh, we know our best beer was, uh, you know, is yet to come. We're always staying hungry. There's more to learn, like in anything, you right. know. And uh, so, just just super humbled to have this great relationship with the Gwynn family. Before we let you go, there's uh, there's a secret about you that nobody really knows, and, and you're you're really into cheese. Tell That's us, right. Tell us a little bit about hey, this. Thank you for that segue. Um, <laughs> cheese Smith is a company that's going to be an artisan creamery making cheeses right here at Alesmith Brewing Company in the in the back forty here. Uh, I've been a cheesemaker for about 15 years now. It's milk from the cows that eat the spent grain from the brewing process. It's very similar to brewing in that we're working with bacteria and enzymes and, and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, call me crazy in my mid-50s taking on a whole other business. But uh, I really, you know, you, you go to Europe, you go to great breweries. A lot of them are making other things and um, a lot of cheesemakers there. And I'm, I fancy myself a renaissance person, and uh, I just want to show I, I can be versed in craft. And This guy does everything. We talked right. about Arash Mikazi being the most interesting man in the universe. He was there. This guy might be there. Oh, we dude, haven't even please. got into the bees and the honey and all that and stuff. And the that baking <laughs> and the chocolate making and the olive curing. And I, I, love, I love just making stuff. And it, it's just fun when uh, we're, we, we live in a great era where uh, people want high-quality stuff. So uh, Yeah. San Diego is the place, man. Ale Smith Brewing Company, uh, thanks for having us today. I no, mean, we appreciate me, it, this Peter. is a great honor to be here. I honestly had never been here before, and hey, well, today I'm just having so much fun. Right on. Now you're going to get tired of me, probably. No, no. <laughs> My house is your house. You, you make yourself at home, and you, you always have a place here. Thanks Peter, so Ryan, Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you both. Thanks, thanks for show. having us out here. Let's hear it for them. All right. Hey, just so you know, your team's still holding on, 22 to 12. Oh, still 10-point lead for the Cavs? All right. We'll, uh, we're going to take a picture and go to break at the same time. Come here. No, take the picture. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. They already got it. They got it. All right. I'm Chris. I'm Tony Gwynn, Jr. This is uh, Gwynn and Chris. San Diego's new home for Padres baseball, 97.3, the fan. Right up here in Mira Mesa, right off Miramar Road, Alesmith Court. Name it a street. Beautiful, Name the street after this facility. place. This is so fun. Three, We're having a great time three today. Three food trucks out here. Yeah. Plenty of food, plenty of beer. Yeah. And you got an NBA final game three on. We got the game on. We got uh, Lululemon stuff out here. We got Padre tickets. We got SeaWorld tickets. I think everybody who came today, and that's a lot of people out there still, uh, have come away with something. Yeah. And, I, and had some fun today, just like we have. So... But I, I'm just uh, grateful to, to, to Peter and all the people for having us out here. This has been really fun. Yeah, L. Smith, Lululemon putting this together. Uh, it has turned out to be a really, really good event. And, uh, we need to do this more often. Yeah, tomorrow. Oh, no, you're traveling <laughs> tomorrow. You gotta. I wish we could do it tomorrow. Unbelievable. You, you are telling me a little bit about your trip to New York and the, and, the, and the MLB network and the whole thing with the draft. 
you, you got into it a little bit with us on Monday, how you rode in a, in a what was it, a bus with Bo Jackson? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that got me thinking real quick, and you can tell me a little bit, but is there anybody out there like that that you, like if I met Bo Jackson, I'd probably faint, fall right over, you know, that type of thing? Uh, Bo Jackson is one of them. I was going to say, as, as Tony Gwynn Jr., you're, you've met a lot of amazing people, but there's still got to be some people on your bucket list, kind of like, you know? There aren't many, honestly. I've, I've been really <laughs> yeah, fortunate. Been lucky, like, yeah. I, I played in L.A. I had an owner as in Magic Johnson who was, like, one of the guys I – and this, me and him used to have conversations like we're having right now. Yeah. And so that always blew my mind. I got a chance to meet Kobe Bryant when I was, I don't know, six – or no, about 16. Right. Uh, Shaq, I got to meet him. Uh, Bo Jackson was is one of those guys. So – I'm also the type of person that I don't really necessarily want to come up and, like, bombard you or try to pull you. So I'll wait till there's an opening. Uh, I got it. And, you know, for me, the, the easy opening is, hey, I'm Tony Gwynn Jr. And then that kind of usually starts the conversation for somebody like Bo. Who Does that work better than, hey, I'm Chris Ello? <laughs> Because, hey, I'm Chris Ello's never gotten me anywhere. It works a little bit better. A little better, yeah. A little bit better. I figured, yeah. So I I got a chance to talk to him, but it was fun getting to see some of guys I competed against or I played with. Jeff Jenkins, who was in Milwaukee when I was there. He was representing the Brewers. Adam Dunn, played against him a lot, being in Central. Aaron Rowan was there. I I saw the Hawk. The Hawk was there. Andre Dawson, one of my all-time favorites. And so, like, guys like that who I've been around for a while, like, that's a that's an easy conversation. I've I've met with, with with Andre a few times. He asked about my mom, you know, those type of things. It's an easy yeah. conversation to have. But for somebody like Bo, who I hadn't met, it was a little intimidating. I mean, because he's still gigantic. As a matter of fact, I like turned around to say hello to somebody, and my hand accidentally hit him in his stomach, <laughs> and my middle finger like swelled up because his, his stomach was so hard, bro. Still rock it's, hard. Yeah, still rock. This dude is huge. Uh, Bo Jackson, you know, we talk, we've been having a lot of conversations, obviously, the last couple of weeks, and, and everything's about is, is LeBron better or is Michael Jordan better or is this or that and who's better and all that. And like we, I think we correctly hit on a little bit ago, it doesn't matter who's better. They're all great. Right. But, you know, Bo Jackson, to me, is a guy that gets lost in the conversation when you talk about great athletes. athletes yeah. Because he wasn't the greatest football player. He wasn't the greatest baseball player. But if you put him together, he was about as good as anyone's ever been to play two sports and to be as physically dominant as he was. He, here's the thing is, he might not have been great in those things, but he was dominant in each one of them at the same time. At the same time. At the time. same time, he was dominant. Think about this. And, I, and, I, and I was, we were talking about this, obviously, when Bo was not close to us when we were out there. But just think about how he injured himself. I don't know if, if everybody's seen it, but... The way he injured himself is something that most people wouldn't have been able to pull off. He had a guy grab him around his knee. And most guys who are gra- who are tackled around their knee usually just fall. That'd be it. He actually tried to rip through. He actually did rip through it, and which is why he was able to tear That's why the, he got the, 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 the muscle completely off the bone. There aren't I don't know of any guy who I've ever been around, played with, that would have been able to to actually injure himself like that because they just nobody else was strong enough. And this guy never lifted weights, by the way. Never lifted a weight in his life. 
push-ups and sit-ups. By the way, that was my thinking coming along as an athlete. I go, hey, Bo Jackson never lifted a weight. Why should I lift a weight? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be just like. There's these things called genetics. Yeah. It kind of play a part Bo in Jackson. It. I look, I, I know Deion Sanders played baseball and played in a World too. Series and played in the Super Bowl. But I think I, I think athletically, I think Bo Jackson had Deion Sanders beat, and and I'm and that's saying something because Deion Sanders is a pretty good athlete too. This was another story that came up while we were out there. Uh, Bo would would told a few teammates, you know, Aaron Rowan was his teammate, played with him. Yeah. Uh, remember telling those guys, uh, hey, he wasn't his teammate. They, sorry, he, they coach on this in the same organization, uh, the White Sox. Okay. Said that he's the only guy in NFL Combine history to run a sub. Four. Bo? Bo. There was just no clocks at the time when he was running. They didn't start clocking guys until later. But he ran a four, a sub four, 40. Do you realize how ridiculous that is? Dion ran a 4-1. Well, anybody who remembers the run that Bo Jackson had in the Kingdom on that oh. Monday night game, I saw it live, sitting in some bar when he ran somewhere. Through, ran right out the stadium? Ran right out of the stadium, yeah. and Al Michaels famously said, there goes Bo, and nobody <laughs> catches Bo. You didn't need a clock no. on that to see that that's one of the fastest human beings that ever came around. I, I, I'm, I'm sure he could give Usain Bolt a, a decent test. I, was in, I mean, that's how fast Bo was and how big and strong and, and the rest of it. I was in the building in the, what was it, might have been the 89 All-Star game in yeah, Anaheim. Yeah, in Anaheim when, when he, he let off the game let with off the home the game dead center. Dead central. Nobody was going that way at that point. He's on. He Not was on there. the. He was on the spot where they they basically blocked it off, like nobody can sit up here. <laughs> yeah, they didn't bother putting any any fans up there because no one was going to hit a ball up there. Right. Until Bo did, and uh, he was the MVP of that All Star game. He was. So, was yeah, Bo Jackson. Impressive day. Incredible. So that. So anyway, you got to meet Bo, and then the rest of the week, the day, you you introduced so, all the Padres draft picks. Yeah, yeah I'll, did give, all that. I'll give you the rundown of the whole day. So I take a, a, a red eye out. Uh, I, I land at like something like 8 o'clock. There's a 12.30 lunch, but I can't make that because I am tired. I am dead tired. So yeah. I sleep through that. Uh, 3.30 rolls around. It's time to be getting your suit and do your thing. So we go down there, and it's the first time I've ever been to the MLB studios. It's unbelievable. It's a huge right. building. They have. Is it on Manhattan? No, or? it's actually in New Jersey. It's, it's, oh, it's, in, okay. it's in Secaucus. All right. So uh, we go out, and there was about eight eight kids that – Came actually came to the draft and wanted to be introduced. Uh, and the kid that I that the Padres ended up taking in th- with their second pick, which was I think it's the it's a, called a competitive com- competitive balance pick. So right. it was the A level. So it's the first right after the first round. Xavier Edwards. Edwards. Yes. And it was cool because he was the last kid in the building. You can imagine. Remember Aaron Rodgers yep. seeing him having to wait it out. And it's tough because, you know, Aaron Rodgers is, is a college guy who's, who's been in school for three years. This is a high school kid. Uh, I can only imagine what was going through his head at the time, being the last guy there, hadn't been picked. So it was nice to go out, walk up on stage and announce his name, and he gets to come up, put the jersey on. And uh, talk, listen to A.J. Preller talk about it last night. They were excited to get him because they didn't think he was going to be there. Shortstop, guy who can hit at the top of the lineup, really athletic. Uh, his father actually played with my uncle Chris in the minor league, so there's some pedigree there, and something the Padres uh, have started to do a lot more of. You saw they took Weathers, also a son of a former big leaguer. Uh, I think that's something. Logan White, who was one of the main main guys who uh, 
helps with the with the scouting. Uh, he's big on pedigree. He did it with the Dodgers. Uh, you see the guys like Cody Bellinger in there, yeah. uh, Seegers in there. Those are those are his draft picks. So uh, you're starting to see that kind of that that philosophy start to turn over uh, in the Padres. You you hear AJ Preller talk a lot about makeup. That's something that they value big time. Makeup meaning uh, how is the kid. What is his mental like? How, what does he feel about the sure. game of baseball? Not necessarily all his physical guys, tools. All the guys that are drafted at this point have talent. Right. They're not going to be drafted it, if they don't have talent. We've talked about this in the past. The Padres, you know, for a lot of years did not have very much success in the draft. And, and they're starting to have some success now. And I think that part of the reason is that they're taking a look at some of those other things because – People don't think realize the Padres drafted from the same pool of players that the Braves drafted from and the Cardinals drafted from and right. all those teams drafted. The, the, it wasn't like the Padres said, we want this guy, and they go, oh, no, no, he can only go to the Braves right. or Cardinals. He's, a, he's in that pool. Yeah, You, you can't no, have that pool. The Padres were in the same group as everyone else. They just didn't get the right makeup on their guys, and I don't know that maybe they didn't develop some of their guys as well as they could have, but I think that all of that's starting to change. But here's the question that I had and the coach and I had. Because we were watching the television Monday afternoon, the coach, John Cantera, filling in for you while you were there in New York, our NC caucus, and it was the Padres pick. The first pick. The seventh, was it the seventh overall? Seventh overall. All right. So you remember this, I know, because they showed you on the screen. All right. In your unbelievably nice suit. Oh, you. Thank looked you. Thank fantastic. You. Thank you. You were talking into a phone. <laughs> Everybody's been asking me this. Okay. And I just want to make sure that I'm right. You weren't talking to anybody, were you? I actually was on the line. Get out of I, here. I was. And so here's what happens, right? And I get it. I didn't want to be on the line, especially why they had the camera in my face, but I get why they had, did it this way. Two picks before, they call. And I can totally understand why they would be scared that they might miss their pick because that phone it wasn't making any noise it was just this light would flash so if i happen to be talking to somebody to my left and that phone rings i couldn't hear it right it was just a light so they kept me on the line i think because they didn't want to risk me not picking up the phone but the commissioner was on the stage announcing the pick and you were still on the phone that's why i didn't get it well well, they had me on hold he wanted me to hold for whatever reason just in case just in case okay and and my phone was dying at that point so they couldn't call my cell phone uh and so what happens is they give me the pick we have to write it on a card the the player the school position and the pick code or whatever it was okay and we turn it in they match it up to who the padres put in the system and then it goes from there and it went from there so you were not actually making up that phone call you were actually <laughs> no, on the line there was there was actually somebody on the other line i was going to refer i was I, everybody I, was like why were you faking like you were on the phone yeah you looked, i wasn't I you actually, looked a little like maxwell smart do you know who that is <laughs> no i don't who's that you don't yeah who's maxwell smart who's maxwell smart that was a great comedy television show in the 60s, sorry. That's and probably 70s. why I don't I know. know. It was called it was. Get Smart, and it was about a secret agent named Maxwell Smart, and it was, a, it was a total comedy, total comedy. And he used to talk on his shoe phone all the time. That oh. was a secret phone was a shoe phone, and you looked kind of 
Maxwell well, smart. Probably, it's a, it's, I, a, it's, it's a, a compliment. It was, it was an awkward. It's a you, compliment. It's awkward when you have a camera pointing yeah, in your face that's and, what there's I was gonna, like, and you're on no the phone. conversation. You're going like, on. yeah, you it's like, do I look, have... do I look dead into the camera or do I pretend like it's not there? Yeah. Well, hey, look, man, uh, that's uh, and then uh, you came back here. Uh, what this morning? Last, last night? Last night. My goodness. And last then uh, you're off tonight to go to Miami for this uh, road trip for the Padres. They have 23 of the next 28 games on a road. That's crazy I, for I, any Major League Baseball team. I, I, I Again, the schedule has been so crazy this year, but this is really weird. I would say that if they come out of this 23 out of 28 and they still look like the way they look right now, we have a real conversation to have at that Yeah, point. they're four and a half games back. If you missed it earlier today, the Padres beat Atlanta 3-1. to one. Arizona blew a lead in the ninth inning and lost to the Giants in extra innings 5-4. to four. So uh, Arizona's still on top of the division, but the Padres are four and a half games back. Padre bullpen, by the way, today, six and two-thirds innings, allowed just two hits and had 11 strikeouts. So they just whipped through the Atlanta Braves after Matt Strom started the game, won a couple innings, and then the bullpen just took it from there. Stri- two things. Strikeouts are starting to disappear on the offensive side. You're not seeing the 10, the 12, the 13 that we were seeing almost from fr- the Padres. Almost, yeah, mean. from the Padres almost nightly, right? Right. Matt They're, Stairs is getting the message he's start, he's starting. Those guys are starting to be able to listen. Not that they weren't listening before. I think, like I've said before, it just takes time to be able to apply those those messages and, and those teachings that you're getting and apply them in the game. That's the first thing. Remember, it was a couple, maybe a month ago, we were looking at uh, the standings and, like, nobody had a winning record in, like, the last 10 games. Fast forward to now, and, like, everybody has a winning record. Diamondbacks are 6-4. and four. Rockies are 5-5. Five and five. San Francisco 6-4. and four. L.A. 7-3. and three. And, of course, the Padres are also 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. So, so you're starting to think that the division's warming up a little bit? Uh, I started th- well, you think about it. Everybody, everybody had major pieces missing that were hurt. And the Diamondbacks still have major pieces hurting, you know, with A.J. Pollock being out. Kershaw's out, but they get Turner. They get somebody, and it kind of tells you why he's so valuable to their team because he's not necessarily swinging a bat well, but – his, his Since presence. he's come back, his presence. Yeah, he's made a difference. The Padres are starting to get healthy. You know, they get Renfro back. Who, you know, even before he went on the DL, I th- you could see signs of him starting to get better. The Padres still are missing. Let's be honest. Myers, Joe Casey, yep. who's one of their best starters or has been. Will Myers, who's one of their best players. Uh, Lament, Austin, who's out for the year. Austin Hedges, who is their starting catcher, handles the pitching staff about as well as anybody in the league, and that's not to take a knock on Rafi Lopez, who's done a very nice job. Him and A.J. Ellis. They've both. both done a nice job, but Hedges is your guy. And then you meant, yeah, Lamette's out for the season. But the Padres do have three key players that should be back by the All-Star break. So that, to me, put putting that together with the next 28 games, if you can somehow stay in contention here uh, during this long stretch of games on the road, you're going to get healthier and better just in your own organization. Right. You're not even going to have to go out and acquire anybody necessarily to get better. You're just going to get better from the guys coming back. And quietly, you know, it's, he's, a, he's a name that's been lost because he got sent down and we haven't really talked about him much, but he's gone down there and taken care of business is Luis Perdomo. He's gone down. He's got a sub-3 ERA in a, in a ballpark, which is the ball's flying out of, and yeah. he's pitched well. So, listen, there's reinforcements if if the Padres are need to go to the minor league system and get him. They have a guy who, who just a couple years ago was supposed to be the number one or number two starter in this in on this roster. Do you know who we completely forgot about that's injured right now too? Who's that? 
How about Franchi Cordero? Oh, yeah, that's kind of a that's big piece. That's another guy. That's kind of a big piece. It's another guy that's coming back. All right, we got about 10 minutes left. I wanted to cover a couple of things with you that we haven't had a chance to talk about this week. Uh, Stanley Cup tomorrow night. It'll be game five in Las Vegas. Washington has a 3-1 series lead. It would it would I kind of still kind of playing spoiler right now. Yeah, they're spoiling a great <laughs> ending to the story here, which is that Las Vegas, the expansion team is going to win uh, the Stanley Cup. But it's not over. Three uh, one in hockey is doable. Yeah. And uh, they could make a little comeback. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that tomorrow. The Triple Crown this week. Remember, we had Bob Baffert yes, on a couple yes. weeks ago. And his horse, Justify, will go for the Triple Crown on Saturday at the Belmont. I think just this. Uh, if Justify wins, they'll what they'll do is they'll try to compare Justify to every other horse that won the Triple Crown, just like we do with LeBron and Jordan and everybody. Is he better than American Pharaoh? It doesn't matter. Here's what's going to matter. If Justify wins, then Bob Baffert is the clearly the best trainer of all time in horse racing. That's pretty impressive because he'd really have impressive. two Triple Crown winners in a matter of six years. Is there anybody else who can say that? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Come on. Bob Baffert, uh, we, were, we were privileged to have him on the show here a little while ago. Your thoughts on Tiger Woods' performance over the weekend at the Memorial. I go online Saturday, and he's leading the tournament. And right. I'm thinking, oh, no. <laughs> now I'm going to go have to back to work and hear from Tony telling me how great Tiger Woods is and how dumb I was to write him off. Thank God he shot a 72 on Sunday yeah. and fell back into 23rd place. Because on Saturday I was thinking the same exact oh, thing. I said, oh, I can't I wait to go to work on Monday. I was so worried. Because I'm going to give both. Now, it wasn't really your comment that got me off. It was Scraby's. And his, <laughs> what, I think he called him a mediocre. I He's a mediocre golfer at this point mediocre in his career. Mediocre golfer finishing 23rd. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. I've golfed. Not very good at it. Well, I, Tiger's I have, not mediocre. I have a hard time to say that, that Tiger Woods is mediocre. He might not be worthy of the conversation that has been put forth at this point, but he's certainly not mediocre. Well, he's not as great. This is, it sounds like my warrior discussion, but <laughs> Tiger Woods is not as great as everyone's making him out to be. He's, he's still a mile and a half away from ever returning to that kind of form. He's, he's older. He's in his 40s now, and I think people are expected too much from him. I, I still so. say that. Um, he would have won the Memorial 15 years ago. There's no way he would have lost that tournament. He would have charged into the lead on Saturday and just pulled away from the field. But is that fair? I, I think it's I mean, too much to ask for him ago, now. A lot of us would be doing a lot different I, things. That's what I'm trying to say. Ago. But that's what I'm trying to say. People expect Tiger Woods to resume being number one in the world and win more majors, well, that's and that's what I'm saying. I don't think he can do. He's competing against the likes of of Spieth and or Spieth and uh, I know and, and, Rory, and Dustin, Roy and and his, these guys are getting missing cuts, and he's still so. I mean. These are some of the guys we consider to be the, the best golfers around right now. Well, you're making my point for me, so I don't have to even make my point. The, the red That's shirt, my whole point. The red what, shirt is now sad. I think it's sad for him to wear that red shirt. It makes me oh. laugh at him when he goes out there with that red shirt now. It's gravy. I'm not kidding. It, I mean, come on. The red shirt doesn't scare anyone anymore. Change it it's up not, a little bit. Is, that was all everybody else building that up. When did you ever hear Tiger say, yeah, I put the red shirt on because I want to scare everybody? When did you hear him say that? No, he wears it for intimidation. When did you hear him say that? I, I'm going to go and uh, go through yeah, every conversation he's it. ever search had. For it, <laughs> let me know, and then we'll go from there. Okay, all right. You just got clapped on a couple I just times want you to know, yeah, Scraby, the fans are all supporting <laughs> Tony Gwynn Jr. What? You. you have no chance. 
Um, all right, last thing before we let you go off to Miami and this uh, road trip. You don't have to if you don't want to. I could stay longer. Would you rather have gone to the White House? Oh, man. Or are you glad that we didn't have to talk about this for the last three days? Because I'm kind of glad we didn't have to talk about it for the last three days. I'm certainly It glad. has dominated the sports conversation. And, you know, the, the poor Philadelphia Eagles coach, Doug Peterson, was asked about it for about two straight hours today and tried to get, a, get around it. There ain't no, just there's, no, there's no getting around it. I mean, unfortunately, I think it's, it's news that whether we want to talk about it or not, it's, it's, at, the top of the, it's at the top of the news, news, uh, news wire. So My thing is this. Whether you think the Eagles were dissed by the White House or you think the Eagles dissed the White House, whichever side of the coin you're on, and I think there's reason you could be on either side there, either way, to me, it does show a little bit of the dysfunction that's going on right now in our, in our country. And I think it's part of the reason why you're seeing players doing their, uh, their uh, you know, kneeling and protesting in the first place because things are a bit dysfunctional and this makes it seem that way. Yeah, I mean, so. listen, I think I think ultimately, it's, in, in this case in particular, right, there wasn't any Eagles that, that did any protesting. No, they didn't they, even. None well, of them, one guy, I think, put his fist right, up. Right, nobody kneeled, it. which has been seems to be the, the, the issue at hand. And, yeah. and, you know, I think you're going to find people on both sides of the fence on that as well. But... Uh, for the for the Eagles, to me, I, I understand why our president did it. I mean, ten people standing next to him probably isn't a good look. It wouldn't look been it embarrassing. Wouldn't look, uh, it would have been kind of embarrassing, I'm assuming. But you know, uh, those ten guys that did want to go, they they missed out. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They didn't get a chance to. They didn't get a chance to do something. To do that, something that it's just too bad we couldn't set it aside and let them go to the White House and enjoy that experience like every other championship team has been able to do. And right. that's uh, it's too bad. Yeah. That's the dysfunction that we're dealing with. All right, Mr. Gwynn, have yourself a great trip. We will talk to you. Uh, are we going to get a hold? We're going to get a hold of you. You'll find think, you tomorrow got, somewhere. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll thank you, St. Louis, around that time. Because we'll, we, with Saturday, Sunday, we're off anyway. Yeah, Friday, Friday games we're off. At, yeah, Friday, Friday we're, off. we're off. So I think so. it's those first two games in, in St. Louis. First three Woo! games in St. Louis. I'll look forward to it, man. Have a great trip. Win some more ball games. Let's keep it going for the Padres. I'll see here. if I'm a, a good luck charm. They did all this winning when I was gone, so maybe I, uh, maybe I shouldn't go. No, no, you go. <laughs> you go. You're all right. Uh, you want to say thanks to everybody at the Ale Smith Brewing Thank you guys for coming time. out today. Awesome. Uh, you can make a little yep. more noise than that, please. Ale Smith, Lululemon, you guys were awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us out. Thanks to our producer, Kinda, Matt Scraby. Kinda. I'm Kinda because I'm still mad at him. Uh, Brett Finn. <laughs> gives, it up himself, on you. gives himself a standing ovation. Brett Finn, thanks for your help. Uh, Bo, the intern, great to see you out here, Bo. Thanks everybody else who came out. What was that? That's Scraby. That was, oh, that was Scraby. Scraby hating on you, Bo. That wasn't very nice. Uh, Bob Bollinger is out here today. Thank you, Bob, for coming out. That's Peter, our boss, everybody. Peter Schwartz was out here. He's another one of our bosses. Another one of our bosses. And we got a whole bunch of our rest of our salespeople who they're all our bosses, too. They were all out here right. today, too. So thanks for everybody who came by. It was a treat. It was a delight to be here. 
Hopefully we'll do it again soon. T, have a great weekend, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week. Yes, sir. I am Chris Ella. I'm Tony Gwynn, Jr. You have been listening to Gwynn and Chris. San Diego's new home for Padres baseball, 97.3 The Fan.